Clubhouse. I am your host, BBC, and I am joined here today with Connor Fowler. Introduce yourself a little bit. Thank you for having me, uh, BC. Um, yeah, my name's Connor Fowler. I live in Boulder, Colorado at the moment. I have just been in the food, wine, hospitality industry basically since I was in high school, and I've played soccer. I'm all into sports, and you know, over the last couple of years, I've totally started to become a huge mental health advocate, and I'm just hoping that today I can kind of kind of make a difference. Yes, yes, sir. So we went to high school together. Kind of. Like, I was a senior when you were a freshman, is that right? Yes, I was terrified of all the big kids and you were walking around like you on the school. <laughs> yeah, definitely sounds like me a little bit, but, so we definitely, we did overlap in that way, I don't think we really interacted. Um, how would you say we kind of reconnected? So, I, uh, first of all, I heard a little bit about your club, about what you were doing, and also, it was you that reached out to me, and... I unfortunately lost my dad to basically the, the battle with depression. Yeah. And no, you were great. You reached out to me and just saying that you were you were here and what you were doing. And I think, you know, after the appropriate amount of time and the appropriate amount of steps, you know, I kind of want to help make a difference for, you know, men, young men, and everybody in between. Yeah. So. That's what we're here for today, right? Yes, heck yes. So, and we also are joined with Rocky. Yes. The super adorable he, lab. Yes, he uh, he will be around, I think. <laughs> He'll be making making some noise, um, sharing his insights as well. But yeah, so we <laughs> he got a soccer ball. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, so your dad was actually Ross was one of the first coaches when I got to Colorado Rush, who was really supportive of me and who interacted with me in all honesty. Like he went out of his way to be nice to me because it was, I was kind of the outlier. Like I didn't know anyone there. I wasn't as good technically. And he really inspired me in that way. And then he also coached for Evergreen High School, right? Yes. Yeah. He coached mostly the men's, I think. He was more involved with the boys, I think. But yeah. he, uh, he took the girls under his wing every once in a while. Yeah, he was awesome. And, and, you know, in our Evergreen community, I feel like he impacted a lot of people, probably way more than he knew. I think that's, that's honestly a very good point. And I think coaching is one of those jobs where it's not necessarily about, it's not necessarily about status or salary or anything like that. It's more about... It's more about the people, and that was one of the things he was so, so invested in. You know, win, lose, or draw. Obviously, he, he wanted to win, yeah. as, as you would know. Yeah. But all he cared about was, you know, is this player going to be a better, a better young man or a better young lady than they were at the start of the season? And I think that was what he really tried to portray through coaching. Yeah. And obviously he loved, uh, obviously he loved football, soccer, whatever you prefer to call it. Uh, and he just kind of put those together and that's why he touched a lot of lives. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so when you were kind of growing up within the Evergreen community, what did mental health look like for you? I think it was something that was okay. It was kind of, people were aware of of what it was, but I think Evergreen, Evergreen can be, I don't want to, I don't want to
want to say a clicky community, but kind of, sort of. Yeah. And sometimes that takes a bit more, that takes over a little bit more than the actual community standards. Yeah. But once, once things happen, like with, you know, with my dad and obviously th other things happen to other families, I think yeah. they, Evergreen as a community was great. They, everybody would always reach out and there were always services, there were memorials, there were fundraisers. And that's something that you don't get in a lot of other places. Yeah. So I think, I think over time they do really well. Yeah, just at certain points, because, you know, obviously we went through the same high school. Yes. Um, district, however you want to say that. And, like, for me, I actually entered, like, I did counseling in high school. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I necessarily did it of my own free will or really for the right reasons. It was more of, like, I got a tattoo and in they were school? concerned about me. Yeah. Which one? Um, I have love in Italian on my ankle. Okay. That my mom and sister got. And then they were like, you need to get it too. Like all the girls, we need to get it. So when I was like 15, I got my first tattoo. All right. And then the next day I literally got called into the counselor's office. And they were like, are you doing okay? Like what's going on? I was like, yeah, That's I'm awesome. having a great time. You just got a tattoo. Of course you're doing great. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't know. So anyways. Yeah. I waited till I was I waited till I was nineteen, but uh, <laughs> I got a few down right now, and I'm sure I'll have a few more. Yeah, but it was really interesting to like see that interaction in high school with the counselor, and then when I started coaching, so I've coached high school soccer before. Yeah. And for those girls at the time where I was coaching, they didn't have really the same counseling resources. Yeah. And so we as coaches kind of became that for them. Which I feel like, Absolutely. honestly, a lot of coaches do. You know, I feel like Ross was not only a coach, he was also like a father figure. Yes. And someone to lean on. Like, I know at one point I was crying to him about whatever I was going through. And he was like, it'll be okay, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and just was, really helping me that. through it. I yeah. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, which, you know, I think is why when I was in Italy and I got the call about, you know, your father passing. I think that was why it like shook me to my core so much. Yeah, I actually didn't know he coached you at Rush. I just remember I he said he coached you in high school. Yeah. But I didn't know he coached you at Rush. So yeah, that, I mean, yeah, he went way back with so many other players too. But it's kind of the same thing. Like um, Bryce and Bryce and Teddy, two people that I I kind of I didn't meet them very early in my I met them both my senior year of high school. Okay. And they played under. Ross. Teddy was the high school and kickers and Bryce was just kickers. But no, they said the exact same thing. It was just like, yeah, he was like a he was like a second father to me. And yeah. um, no, so it was he wasn't just that either. He like, you know, he was a friend, he was someone we could lean on, we could yeah. talk to, and I think you know, touching lives, that was something that he was really good at. Yeah. So um, if you don't mind, like let's will you tell us a little bit about your family? family dynamic and everything. Yes, so obviously before he passed, it was him and my mom. They were married about 20 years, something like oh. that. And there was me, I'm the oldest, I'm currently 21. <laughs> and yes. my brother, my brother's he's 11, but he just turned 19. <laughs> so he's a great kid. He, awesome. We're completely different. We never, we never like fought. Once we got to a certain age, we went completely different ways. So like I went into like 
culinary, food, wine, all that good stuff. He went straight into music, and he is one of the best guitar players I've ever witnessed. Oh my Just, uh, Yeah, so that's that's him pursuing his passion, and for me, it's like it's whatever I'm into next. So. Yeah. You know, right now I'm trying to join a soccer league. Really? And yeah, just stuff uh, in Boulder. There's yeah. uh, a lot of uh, a lot of old guys right now. But oh I'm yeah, sure the Sunday I'm, league. Totally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's good because it means I'm not always the slowest one there. <laughs> right. Yeah, a little different than being in high school. Oh my God, I know. It's crazy. And then you'll play some people who are still young. Yeah, totally. And they'll just dice you up, man. Yeah, exactly. They're quick as fuck. I always hate that when I show up to a game and I'm like, those girls look young. They're gonna outrun me. That's yeah, exactly. Players. Well, that's really cool. And so, what ages were you and your brother when you lost Ross? So, I was 19 and my brother was 17. So, it happened in De December 13, 2019. Um, I had just gotten back from my trip in Italy. And that's also kind of why, that's also kind of why I didn't see a lot of the things until right after because we were talking on the phone a lot. And yeah. Yeah, so he was 49. I think my 50. So, yeah, it's still, you know, we were, we were young then at the time. Oh, yeah. And, like, I mean, there's never a good time for a tragedy, but that's definitely, you know, you're still in your adolescence. Like, you probably had just entered college, had a year under your belt? I had so? a year under my belt. So, yeah, I went to uh, I went to a one-year culinary school. It's 12 months with a three-month externship, and okay. I did my externship in, in Florence, and that's where I was, that's where I was working. No wonder you love wine. Honestly, that's where I really got <laughs> into it. I thought I wanted, like, I thought I wanted to be a chef, but I just like kind of learned about the wine I culture in Italy, it. and you know, and that was kind of where I made the switch from kitchen to wine. But yeah, it's uh, I had that year of college plus my internship under my belt, so I was like, I had no attachments or anything. Like I had no. I didn't have a job lined up or I wasn't in school or anything. And I think that kind of made things better. Yeah. You know, I was able to be with my family and yeah. obviously Evergreen and the, the staff there at the school and the communities, they were super, super supportive. Yeah. Of like my brother and, you know, the principal. I think he's still there now. Um, he was, you know, just finished online if you want to, just to go at your own pace. Wow. So, yeah. So, leading up, uh, prior to, you know, the, uh, your father passing, was your, were you close with both your parents? Did you guys yes. discuss emotions well, openly? I think me more than him. Me okay. more than, than my dad. Yeah. Ross. So, my, he was the, he was the person I'd always go to. I mean, just like, just like yeah. any other of his players. I could talk to him about everything, and I was like, I was close with my mom. I think I had a pretty normal mother-son dynamic. Yeah. It was, you know, we t we talked, but I feel like I went I went to my dad more about everything. I think my brother went to my mom a little bit more. Like she's kind of more the introverted type, and my brother gets that off of her. But obviously, anyone that would have known Ross knows that he's. He doesn't necessarily have a filter. He's yeah. not afraid to talk to anybody. And yeah. I feel like I definitely get that from him. Cool. So I would talk to him a lot. And also he was a bit of a night owl, which was great for me. Because like I'd always be working 
at like whatever my restaurant job was. So even if I never saw him the day, you know, I'd always be able to like come home and come home and you know, after work we can talk about things and you know, kind of like reflect on whatever was during the day. So sometimes we didn't have a lot to talk about, sometimes Guy that tried to find somebody at the yeah. restaurant, and I'd be like, Dad, stay up, I've got a story for you. Cute. So, but also, I think that's one of the things that people don't necessarily think about when they consider like, tragedy. You know, you, you obviously think of like the major things, but sometimes those little things are like what really kind of gets to you. Yeah. So, that's one of the things that like I talk about during therapy. And, you know. Yes. You have since stepped into therapy. Yes. Okay. And did you go to therapy ever prior? Not scheduled. Gotcha. I never I never really felt like I needed it, and I'm sure it wouldn't have hurt. But, you know, I don't think I ever, I never avoided it. Like, I was always open to it, and I never, you know, judged anyone for it or yes. anything. But, you know, after, afterwards, it definitely helped. It's kind of, yeah. it's kind of nice having somebody that, you know, obviously your parents and your friends are going to, like, support you with it's a, it's a little bit different, you know. They want you. They want you to be doing things right. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like a a space where you can honestly share things that you know you're not going to be able to share with your mother or of course your younger brother. Uh, so that's really really impressive that you you know decided to step into therapy because I'm yeah. sure that has helped you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that's one of the things that. Sometimes therapy, obviously, it's recommended. You want to find a good therapist. But sometimes there's people that it like isn't the best thing for, yeah. or there's like other ways. There's other ways to to get it out. I think for me, the biggest thing was the, was the boxing gym. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I gotta ask. Did, um, did Ross ever take the girls team there? Where when you were there? Um, like the high school team. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, so I only played high school soccer like freshman and senior year. Okay. Um. And I think maybe like once, I think we did. Okay. Yeah. But that's so cool. Yeah, no. Um Devaral, he's the, the one that runs it. Yeah. He just absolutely the, one of the fucking best guys on the planet. Really? Like he's like I never I never really went to him with like questions, but it's just he's just one of those people that like you know, he's obviously lived a bit of life himself. Like yeah. he's just like he knows what's up. Oh, you yeah. know, he and you know, he called me the day after, and he sat me on the phone, he talked on the phone, and, you know, he told me, basically just kind of reassured me that, like, that he was, was going to be okay, yeah. and he's like, dude, just, just come in, come into the gym tomorrow, I'm going to give you, give you a big hug, and that was, I was also, like, pushing my mom to get back in there, too, because that was our, like, family, that was our family thing. Going to the gym? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. So I was like pushing her to get back in and I'm like, look, we both need to hold each other accountable. We gotta yeah. we have to go in there and we need to start getting back into like this type of routine because yeah. otherwise we're gonna we're gonna be fucked. Wow, Connor, that's like I mean that statement alone at nineteen, that's like way past, you know, beyond your years. Like that's very that's like a very mature and healthy thing for you to do. Like was that that really, you know, difficult for you to state to your mom? Uh, we, bo we both kind of knew the other person like punching things, so <laughs> that definitely helps, but I don't yeah. know, I'd, um, 
I don't know. I also I know how much it it I knew I knew how much it had helped me in the past. Yeah. And I went there. I started in like sixth grade or something like that. Really? So yeah, I was I was young. Um, okay, so it's always kind of been your outlet. Yeah, it's always been cool. my outlet. I mean, when did you start playing soccer? When I was like four. Okay, that's that's very very young. But still, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was just we kind of stumbled on it one. I think it was like the Rocky movies or something yeah. like that. So. Oh, that's really cool. And honestly, like that is. You know, for a lot of people who don't step into therapy, having something like that where you can convert your emotions, Absolutely. like release them in some way, totally safely, of course. Um, that's a really, really good yeah, definitely. coping mechanism for sure. Of course. Well, that's awesome. Um, so, okay, so then after, you know, you guys kind of started to do that, you also stepped into therapy. Yes. Well, therapy came pretty quickly. Um, okay. Remember as before his memoir. I think he passed away the 13th of December. I think by by like the first or second of January, like oh, or okay. ve- or end of December, early January, something like that. We were we had a therapist lined up. I think we'd already got one session in. And was that as a family or was it individual? So my mom got her own. Okay. And apparently she was great. She still keeps in touch with her. Oh, and my sorry. brother and I got one. Cool. The, same therapist but we were at different times so we had our first session together and we just the three of us we just talked about things like me and my brother and his name's sean um but after that he, we just did one-on-ones so i'm actually calling him tomorrow oh, just awesome. we're uh, yeah we're not spoken in a while and sometimes sometimes you want to talk about like really 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 heavy things and sometimes it'd be it could be could be career advice, could be dating advice, could just be talking about sports or movies yeah. or things like that. So just all across the board, I think it sometimes just helps to have somebody that will give you their undivided attention. Yes. Undivided attention for 45 minutes to an hour. And when you when you got into therapy, you know, it sounds like your mom clicked with her therapist. Was yes. that kind of the same for you? For me, yes. I think my brother as well. Cool. I think, I think they were good. He's... His therapist was the, or him and his, him and our therapist were like, yeah, it got the job done. But I think he kind of finds seeks it out through different ways. Like yeah. I, I like talking, mm-hmm. and I think that's a healthy thing for me. But he's more of a, I think just like being around being around people and doing things. That's that's better for him. Yeah. Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. I know, like you know, therapy. Finding the right counselor can be so important. The right yeah. therapist can be so important. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's important for people to realize that, like, you can, like, don't base it off your therapist. You can always find a new therapist. Yeah. You know, like, for instance, my mom, she has never really clicked with her therapist. And so she kind of had a bad taste in her mouth about therapy. Yeah. And the reality is it's, like, you can find so many people who would be an amazing therapist for you. Totally. You know, you can't just close off after one. Totally, yeah. Because it's different personality types, and, you know, I think also everyone needs a different type of therapy. Yeah. Right? So, like, doing your research prior to stepping into therapy on maybe what you think might work best for you, um, whether that's group therapy or, you know, you know, just person to person, whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. Doing that kind of research. Yeah, totally. And it's hard. Like it's hard to find it's hard to find what works for you. I think it takes a little bit of trial and error, you know. Sometimes people click. 
immediately, sometimes they don't, and you know, if you keep trying, if you find something new, yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about, you know, they just think of therapy as, is it good, is it not good, yeah. they don't think of like, how it can be good, Yeah. I guess. So when you guys were, you know, working through all this, the stages of grief and everything that was going on, how did you feel about people reaching out to you? Reaching out, I think it was it was overwhelming. Not in a, I wouldn't say in a bad way though. I think it was a it was a good distraction, because um, yeah. I mean we had to let we had to let people know, like we had to let family members know, and, yeah. and you know some close friends. I think all all of my like close friends, I was able to, I let them know. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, word of mouth after that. And I think like we made a post a couple of days after and yeah. that's where everybody started reaching out. You know, it just, uh, it just took like a couple of days. I think at that time it is important for people to, you know, not be afraid of saying the wrong thing. Yeah. Like it's always better to say something and provide that hand for support yeah, as opposed to like going silent. Yeah, totally. Which I think a lot of people, you know, I mean, even was talking about like mental health or if you notice your guy friends, like his mood is a little bit changed. Absolutely. Starting those conversations can be so hard totally. um, that people kind of steer away from it. Yeah. But the reality is it can, it can be as simple as like, hey, I don't know if anything's going on, but I just want to let you know I'm available yeah. if you need me. And yeah. I feel like that can go a long way. Yeah. So with with your good guy friends, because it sounds like you do have like a solid guy group. Yeah, I do. Do you guys like talk about emotions and mental health at this point? Yes, we do. It's not and it's not like a group therapy session or anything like that. But um, but no, every once in a while, every once in a while we do like uh, I hung out with I hung out with Tyler. He's one of like he's his, probably my longest friend in Colorado. I think we oh, became cool. like really close friends and like before middle school and oh, wow. so he's he got back on a two-year trip recently so now he came over on the day and that wasn't necessarily we didn't necessarily talk about we didn't necessarily talk about mental health but i think the day it happened uh, oh the day he got back no sorry the uh the two year uh it was two years ago this past december i see, I see. so and gotcha. he just came over and you know we didn't necessarily talk about that but we just, you know, we just talked to his friends and did things. We bought groceries and we cooked. Yeah. And we just talked. And I think that that helps. And then there's other days where sometimes I, like, actually want to talk and want to, like, let my, let my emotions out. And I think my friends are pretty good at doing that as well. And I, ho I hope they feel that they can reach out because they, they totally can. Yeah. Gotcha. That's really, that's really cool, and it's really nice that you like have that safe space within your guy friends. Totally. Um, and that they have that in you. Yeah. Because that's that's really impressive. Of course. And do you think your brother kind of has that as well? Totally. I feel like yeah. I feel like the generations are just totally. getting so much more into mental health. I fucking I, love it. Yeah, I think it's awesome. It's, it is so it's cool. It's so good. Um, yeah, and the the thing was, my dad did too. He didn't necessarily, like, he had, he had friends that they would have either been on the next flight over from the UK, yeah. or they would have driven up from five minutes down the road, but 
obviously he wanted to be a, a support system for you know players like you and his friends and his family like and most people felt that they could go to him for anything but it's also taking that time for yourself yeah and coping with things differently because he never you know he had some he had some things happen in his life and you know he never really went he never really went to therapy for it and you know that stuff kind of blows up over time and thinking more kind of unhealthy coping mechanisms I feel like had he maybe had those coping mechanisms you know earlier in his life or known how to reach out later on in his life you know that we would totally be having a different conversation right now yeah I, I think like especially with you know depression and like chronic depression yeah you know I have a few family members who have very severe depression and I have to constantly remind them that we want to support you yeah. You know, like, it, it really isn't ever a burden to have someone be like, I'm not doing well, I need a little extra love, or totally. whatever it may be, and, but it's, you know, that's so much easier said than done, because you do feel an urge to isolate when you're, you know, depressed. Yeah. And you do kind of look at things in a light of not noticing maybe those really valuable friendships. Yeah. And stuff like that, so... Totally. I think, and I don't know if you've ever suffered depression. Definitely, definitely after the fact, yeah. but also, I mean, a little bit. You know? Yeah. It's. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily like diagnose it as yeah. such, but I mean, there were hard times. But I think that's where. I mean, I was raised very, very. I feel like I was raised very, very well. Yeah. And I was kind of lucky to have the family support that I always had, and that's kind of where I got. Like my roots, I was able to like branch out and have a good supportive friend group. I mean, I don't have a gigantic circle, but yes. I've got a very close circle. Yeah, meaningful. And exactly. So, I always felt like I was able to reach out, and I mean, I was always I was able to go boxing too, yeah. and things like that. I think helps helps with like how I grew up and helps with my self confidence. Yeah. And but I also understand. That not everybody gets that. Yes. And not everybody's always raised to, to reach out. Your story and with, with Ross's story, what is like a message you really want to kind of share? I think you're the I think you are the only person that really knows what's going on inside your own head. Yeah. You know, you can go to any you can go to any therapist or talk to anybody, but at the end of the day you're the only person that really knows what's going on, so fucking reach out, share, talk about things, and whether it's a family member, a friend, a therapist, a counselor, I mean, I've been, I've been lucky to have a lot of male role models in my life, and female role models, and I think everybody, everybody benefits from having that, so fucking reach out, talk to people, don't hide your emotions or don't yeah. feel like you have to, you know, because if you start talking then maybe somebody else will. And you know, everybody goes through something. This was something that my dad taught that my dad said, nobody goes through life unscathed. Yeah. You know, things happen, life happens and whether it's COVID COVID related or family related or anything in between, you know, it's everybody goes through things so 
be there for each other and reach out to one another and start these conversations as well. I think that's a great message and you know like especially with from the outside and I'm sure you experience this as well with Ross like you really should check on everyone of course. because the even if it's the loudest person in the room the most smiley yeah. they're still going through something yeah and I think that's one of the main things that I learned with Ross was like someone who's always shows up for for everyone else yeah also needs people to show up for for them as well and and in that they also need to be willing to allow people to show up for them and I think honestly I'm really excited for upcoming generations and everything because the next generation yeah. I feel like they don't give a fuck like they will no. talk about everything yeah they will go to all the peaceful protests like they're here to make changes yeah so I think, I think that's a great that's a great point I think society is I think Rocky agrees too. Yeah, Rocky's uh, stoked about it. I think society's definitely shifting um, in a much more forward-thinking, but also mental health-oriented mindset. Yeah. And you know, therapy. Therapy, yeah, therapy used to be something that like crazy people went to, or yeah, or you know, people who'd only who been through the absolute worst or something like that. But now it's like I would, I would recommend therapy or something therapeutic whether it's whether it's a therapist or boxing gym because hitting things hitting things is definitely good for your uh, good for your soul yes oh yeah or sports or anything and for my brother for my brother it's music uh, he's a quiet quiet kid but when he gets on stage like his fucking guitar does all the talking that is so he's cool. phenomenal so I think fun find what works for you, and yeah, that's the most important thing. And how do you feel about sharing Ross's story today and like speaking about him? I think, I think I'm happy that I got the opportunity to do it. And obviously, like, obviously it's not the easiest thing in the world, but you know, it's, I wasn't, obviously, this is something I talked about with my, my mom, my brother, and a couple of, a couple of friends as well, and I think, after allowing myself the right time and the right space and taking all the steps to make sure that I was in place to talk about it, you know, I hope this kind of makes a difference and everybody go everybody goes through shit. It's hard, life's hard, and there's no there's absolutely no shame in feeling down or feeling depressed. When something's not going going the right way, I think everybody goes through that. We just need to we just need to talk about it more. Yes. And what is what is like a fond memory of Ross that you want to share? You probably have a million. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. One uh, one's jump one's jumping to mind right now, and it was. Um, This isn't uh, this isn't of him. This is just kind of in reference to him. I uh, I ran into one of my old teammates at a concert, and I was I was with like a, a girl I worked with and her family, um, and then a couple of his little, couple of old teammates they come in, they say hi to me. The first thing they ask like, "Is your dad here? I want to say hi to him." Uh -huh. I'm like you. So I feel like that kind of just sums up 
how he how he was. He touched yeah. a, he touched a lot of lives. Oh yeah. And yeah, and also just countless memories of like he was he was so good with us. He I, he raised us to be he raised me and my brother to like do the things we wanted to do and I think part of why a lot of kids struggle with mental health is has to do with the parents a little bit just because of how how they're brought up and I was really lucky like a lot of parents kind of raise their kids to be perfect you know yeah. whether it's like the perfect student perfect athlete perfect to their beliefs or anything like that but they kind of raises our parents kind of raise us to be happy an important difference it took me a long time to realize that like I was not the smartest kid at at Evergreen, you know, I scraped by yeah. at times. My brother was smart, but he, it wasn't his only thing. So, you know, my, our parents started bragging about us once we, they bragged about how passionate we were about the things yeah. that we actually wanted to do. That's you know, awesome. it was like, Cal just played this fucking Metallica concert on, on stage, oh, la yeah. on stage <laughs> last night. And then, you know, Connor's working at this fine dining restaurant cooking all cooking all this like awesome food and yeah. you know things like that I think that was more important than that was more important to them than our grades or how good of a how good of a player I was yeah or anything like that you know they just wanted us to be passionate it does provide you like a really good means for internal happiness just totally. because you're placing your worth and in, in your passions and, and you know yeah. like finding your joy as opposed to like getting good grades and you know say you don't understand something then you're gonna feel like shit for not understanding that subject of course yeah so that's huge and your memory of Ross is just like yeah. so on point like yeah that's literally like exactly yeah. what I would imagine everyone says and then my and it was my my best friends as well it yeah. was like uh it's like, like hey, get out of the way. Yeah, it's like, hey, it's like, hey, it's like, hey, want to just come over and like play FIFA later? It's like, maybe, is your dad gonna be there? Like, dude, you, yes, but. Uh, yeah. So my first memory of Ross and the best one was when I first got onto the rush team. We won nationals. Congratulations. Yes, it was so fun. <laughs> and when we won, it was like the whole bench like lost their mind obviously of course and he like picked me up and like swung me around and then like all the coaches hugged each other it was like he was, it like, was just so he was sweet. like five two how was he able to do that <laughs> i know he like got me up there and then it was just it was a really nice memory to like i love that share with him that was that was so him and i think a couple <laughs> others have just like a couple others just jumped to mind uh, i remember in high school um our senior year, we lost so many of like other players, you know, so many yeah. big players that went on and graduate and to do amazing things. So we had a completely new team. No one expected us to do anything, but we ended up making playoffs. Yeah. And we got into playoffs through an overtime goal. And when we scored that, I remember when we scored that goal, like Ross lost his shit. He ran. Was out that of the your field. freshman year? This is my senior year. Okay, senior year. Um. Ross lost his shit, ran onto the fields, and, you know, like, he celebrated like he just won the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, but that was everything. That was everything to him. That was what it meant. Yeah. But when we were in college, you know, me and, like, my uh, my main, like, I think there were about five of us. Um, me, me, Tyler, Cam, Aiden, and Matt, who we just all known each other throughout, like, middle school and high school. We were just gonna go out and like we were planning things at our house. Ross is like, okay, you guys line up against the wall. 
and we've got this kind of we had it we had a TV just kind of mounted and you know it was like perfect for like all five of us it looked like we were holding like it would have been a good place to take like mug shots oh my god um, but he's he's like okay two of you step forward I think me and one other guy did and he's like okay I've only got bail money for you two so the other three be careful make sure you know make sure oh you know where god. to run oh my god he's so fun so that's amazing yeah. but they also he also is kind of like just don't do anything don't do anything stupid yeah just make sure make sure you get home safe yeah that's very um, much like that's honestly school, yeah. so much of how my dad is as yeah. well which i think is another reason why like he resonated with me totally. so much um totally. well i think you know i think there's so so much beauty that goes into ross fowler and like everything about him it it's crazy and so usually here is where I would do like a call to action yeah. and have you say what you would like to say to the audience, but I'm going to put you on the spot really quickly oh, no. because spot. my call to action is I want you to take a few moments to brag about yourself. Brag about myself? Yeah, because I think, oh my God. I think we as society, we don't do that. Um, you know, it's a little taboo, right? Like yeah. even when you talk to your friends, it's kind of like you tell them the drama of what's happening and not like the good things that are happening. Um, and I think you have a lot of the same beauty that Ross has. Like, you're such a genuine guy. Like, you're so fun and authentic. And I'm sure there's so much light that you're bringing to people's lives that you're not even noticing what you provide. So... My call to action for anyone who's watching, y'all need to go brag about yourself to your friends. To the mirror, if you want, to your mom, whatever you'd like, and you have to brag about yourself right here. To everybody? To everyone, the whole world! Alright, well... <laughs> oh my god. You really put me on the I, spot, huh? I know, I was, uh, I'm a dick. What can I say? Alright, well... <laughs> I am very, very proud of how far I've come. As far as, as far as my mental health, and I did not think that I would be... I'd be in a position this time. This time two years ago, I didn't think I'd be in a position where I could reach out to reach out to people, and I'd be able to talk, and I'd be, you know, guest a guest here, able to hopefully guide people in the right direction. But yeah. also, I'm just I'm proud of how far I've come in my career as well. I'm last you know last year and like the past year, I was working at this fucking awesome restaurant in Brack. Cool. And had I wanted to be a chef, I definitely would have stayed up there, but. It was something that I was like, I was afraid to do, and I did it, and I'm so glad I did because I was just living with my mom at the time, mm -hmm. and then, you know, it's uh, wasn't quite the perfect thing for me, but I, I moved to Boulder. I'm working at basically the the restaurant that I want to be at right now. It's like a, a grad school for Fuck anyone yeah. anyone that's learning about wine. I'm so happy that I've been able to do that, and I'm kind of definitely on the younger side for mm -hmm. someone that's okay. somebody somebody doing this and I've got such a fucking great group of friends, great family and you know, I'm at a point in my life now where my work life balance is so good oh, and I can do all the things I oh. I can do all the things that I want to do and I'm really happy. I'm, I'm proud of myself for that. Yes! I'm proud of you too! You. What are you proud about? Oh, put, you, put me on, on the spot. spot. You're yeah. not supposed to do that to the host. Yeah, well, let's see. Uh, um, let's see. Okay, well, I was actually thinking about this last night. 
because I think like shifting your perspective is really important. And sure. yesterday it was kind of a travel day from hell for me to come to Colorado. And I was kind of like looking at things kind of negatively. And then I was, you know, going to bed and I was thinking about like, I just bought myself a new cell phone. I got the iPhone 13 Pro. Oh, look at you. Um, which for me, like being able to buy that myself was actually huge. Like yeah. that was so cool. And I think last year, my biggest purchase on my own that was like really meaningful to me, actually it was probably two years ago or something, was shoes. Like yeah. it was as simple as shoes because for whatever reason, there's a long time in my life where I only had one pair of shoes. And so I, I don't know, it was just a really cool moment. So yeah. to come from- Were they like street shoes or soccer shoes or what? You know what, they were actually just uh, my first uh, pair of Air Forces. Oh, cool. And they were so cool, and I bought them myself, and I was like, felt really proud of that moment. Yeah. And so I'm really proud of the fact that I'm in a position where I can purchase my own cell phone. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, some people might look at that and be like, well, it's just, you're purchasing a cell phone, everyone has a cell phone. But for me, it's growth. And I'm really proud about that. Yeah. I'm obviously really, really proud of the Heartfelt Club. And should be. when I saw you wearing the sweats, the Heartfelt Club sweats, I seriously, my heart, like, yeah. I just get so happy to see that, you know, it, it's a cause that's worthwhile and that touches yeah, people. Um, and what else? I'm really happy that, like, I I got to see my dad last weekend. That's awesome. And Where, where's he at? He's in New York. Oh, cool. And he and I actually did a podcast, and he told me, like, he's so proud of me. Yeah. And that's, you know, obviously something I'm, I'm happy to brag about because my dad's you know, a lot of my idol. Good. So that's really cool. That's great. Yeah, so those are, and like you, I'm a really good friend. <laughs> so that's what I'll brag about. Of course, and that is a great thing to brag about. And I think for, for people listening as well, like be fucking proud of the small things. Yes. You know, like a, new, like a new pair of shoes. I mean, a new pair of shoes for, obviously like for you, that meant the world. It meant the world, baby. And you know, it could be for like a car, car apartment, just to buy like your own pair of sunglasses because I, I remember being a little kid or like younger and actually buying my own because like my parents had theirs so I was always far. Yeah. <laughs> but that actually meant something at the time. Even if it was a $20 purchase, like I felt so powerful. Yeah. Because I actually have something that's, yeah. that's mine. Yeah. Take note of the little things for sure, whether that's with other people or within yourself. Yeah. And... Connor, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have any words of wisdom that you want to leave the audience with? Anyone that reaches out to anybody else that is a huge step in the right direction. And first step to realizing that there's a problem, and I can't take credit for this quote, but first step to realizing or to solving a problem is to realize that there actually is, and just fucking reach out, talk, be open, express your emotions I mean like I'm not necessarily like a crier yeah. but I do get angry and sometimes you gotta make sure I gotta make sure I'm in the right position to like control that yes. like whether it's it's boxing or sports or doing something just reach out and embrace embrace your own emotions as well because everything that anybody feels on any given day perfectly normal and I think society is going in a great direction 
being able to talk, encouraging people to talk, and also that mindset of not giving a shit, just that helps too. Yeah. You know, I think your own journey and your own mental health should rival pretty much everything. I like at my at my last you know, a couple jobs before I moved to Breck, you know, I remember I was struggling, I was working I was working two jobs, all my friends were out of town. I didn't have a great work life balance. Yeah. But one we got one more person who was able to like co- who was able to cover for me while I went to one boxing class on a, on one oh, Friday, yeah. and that was just that changed the whole dynamic of the week. Like I, I went from like I went from being like really depressed, struggling on Thursday nights. Like okay, I gotta get up, I gotta do this. Fortunately, yeah, I was the only one there, so I got a private session, and I just went into work with the endorphins were flowing. Yeah. And the endorphins were flowing. I showed up to work a little bit late, but I was fired up. We were good to go. We had a great weekend. And then later on, a couple months later, the same thing happened. One of my one of my best friends, Anna, um, she hit me up and like, hey, we need an indoor. We need a guest player for indoor. And Fuck yeah. I knew that we weren't busy that night, and I'm like, you know, I I need this. I need to do this. And I took that I took that mental health night, and that helped me so fucking much and I think taking the time taking the mental health days doing what doing what works for you and putting yourself first that's something that we're headed in the right direction but we could always do a little bit more yeah well that's awesome I'm really proud of you for taking those two days to put yourself first um anyone who's looking to kind of navigate the hard waters of starting the conversation or looking for resources on you know how to navigate your mental health check out the resources page on our website and or dm us for more information and we can hopefully help walk you through that and connect you to resources you need rocky do you have anything to say all right he's got the ball he's got he's got the ball baby that's his mental health exactly (laughs) he's focused awesome thank you so much for joining us in the heartfelt clubhouse um you know, I know Ross is up there watching us. Of course. And thank you for sharing his story with us. We'd be so. happy about seeing this morning as well. I know. Yeah, Ross and I have the same team. Yeah. Man City, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't forget to go out there and be more heartfelt. As always, if you or someone you know is in crisis, to speak with someone immediately, contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-2855. That's 1-800-273-TALK. Contact Lifeline Crisis Chat or contact the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or NAMI, at one 800 950 6264 or text NAMI, N-A-M-I, to 741741. Thank you, and don't forget to be more heartfelt.